Hey y'all, it's Kiss, and we have a special bonus on the line episode for you. This past week, our friends over at the Invisible Institute, a journalism production hub that's done incredible investigative reporting about police and prisons here in Illinois and beyond, was able to get on the line with six people who are currently detained inside of Cook County Jail. If you're hearing this, you probably heard our conversations with Charlene Grace and Dennis Kosuth about the reality for people who are still being held inside the jail where COVID is running rampant. Um, And on this episode produced by Southside Weekly and Invisible Institute, you can hear in their voices, first person, their experience inside of Cook County right now. Thanks to the folks at Invisible Institute and Southside Weekly for sharing this with us. And we'll be back on the line with more folks at the front line battling this COVID pandemic on Monday. All right, Joe, peace. We don't have nothing. We don't have no cleaning supplies. We don't see the medical doctors. It's just horrible. It's like we're not getting no treatment. Welcome to Southside Weekly People's Radio a new initiative started in reaction to the coronavirus pandemic. Each week, we've been sharing submissions about how you're experiencing life during this crisis. This week, we're sharing the experiences of detainees at Cook County Jail, as interviewed by Myra Kwaja. Hi, I'm Myra, and I work at the Invisible Institute. I've been in touch with a detainee at Cook County Jail who passed the phone around to several other detainees so they could share their stories with us. I don't know their real names, and I can't fact-check their backstories. They each picked a pseudonym to avoid retaliation from the jail. You may hear me asking questions during the interviews, but for the most part, we wanted to let the guys' stories speak for themselves. All of the inmates in this episode are being housed in the residential treatment unit in Division 8, which means they each have medical conditions that require ongoing treatment. They are not receiving their routine medical treatment. These interviews were recorded on April 6th and 7th and have been edited and condensed for this episode. We can put uh, Michael Scott. I'm 35. I was also just recently diagnosed with Hoskins lymphoma, cancer stage 2, since I've been here. And I have no medicine. I'm not seeing the doctors. I also have high blood pressure. I have an enlarged heart. You know, I also uh, just found out about a, a recent hernia and that's due to the chemo and the side effects of the chemo and it's been hurting my body so bad a couple of weeks ago i was putting in paper saying you know i have severe you know pain throughout my body why haven't i been given more medicine and i still haven't been given any type of pain medicine or anything we're not getting cleaning supplies hand sanitizer and on top of that we're not able to social distance uh, the phones are literally two feet from each other the beds are three feet from each other we sleep three feet from the next person so you know it's hard to social distance and and keep ourselves away from getting sick tom dark came on tv saying that they giving us ample amount of cleaning supply hand sanitizer which they're not the time they have given it to us it was like bleach or fibrinose but it wasn't enough no gloves no mask no 
put our shirt around our face or a towel, they'll tell us, you know, we can't do that because we would have to have our face visible. So they don't even allow us to cover our face with our towels or even our shirts, which makes it even harder also. We have tons of garbage on the tier right now. They're not giving us bags to empty the garbage. They let the garbage get so full it's overflowing. And they, they're keeping it on here for hours and hours before they even come to even take the garbage out. It's kind of like they're just leaving us in here and saying, you know, whatever happens, happens. What do you do? Like, do you have a routine to sort of like keep yourself sane? Uh, me personally, you know, I just try to read. Uh, as much as I can, and then get on the phone and talk to my family as much as I can. You know, I, I know that my situation is bad. You know, I just find comfort in talking to my kids and knowing that my mom and siblings is okay out there. And just trying to read, just to try to keep my mind off everything. What is Zell Parker? Zell Parker? Yes. My cellie just left this last night at 11 15 with a temperature of 101. And they didn't come clean or nothing. We don't even have no cleaning supplies right now as we speak. They didn't do anything. I think they need to do mandatory checks for people with the symptoms because the old people over here are sick. Like the guys that left, we had to force them to leave. We went and got the nurse and told the nurse that they were sick. And the nurse checked their temperature. I haven't had my temperature checked in months. The, the food has pretty much been garbage, so it's pretty much still the same. But it's like you can tell that it's more like cold cut meals, meals that they really don't have to cook them. They can just preheat and send to us because it's less inmates now that works because, you know, inmates work in the kitchen here. They will be here Monday morning at about between 12 and 1 o'clock in the morning. Wow. Why did they move you? Um, Because they needed the space for another inmate that was coming to segregation. I came out Monday and they put me, and I was not on quarantine. They put me on the quarantine deck with people that was over here sick. I wasn't sick at all. I haven't even been in contact with nobody. My mother called up here and um, talked to them about that. And the sergeant came up here within 15 minutes and told me, asked me why am I calling my mother and what I'm telling my mother. And I explained her the situation. And she told me there's not no avoidance, that we all go catch it. And there's nothing that she can do about it. I'm going to say my name, Kingston. Well, I'm 51. I've been back to this county jail for uh, three three years now. Okay. I've, I've been, I, but I've been gone. I've been locked up for 13 years. I, I got a new trial, so I was coming. I came back from the penitentiary. You have to really, really be all out or damn near dead for them to give you medical treatment. What mm -hmm. they doing? They taking people from different decks that ain't to have no. No, uh, like they took me off a deck where it wasn't no symptoms, and but they when they needed to use the, the cells because I was in a cell environment. I don't like that of being a dormitory environment so, because there's too many people. It's 39 people, so you have a better chance of getting it. Don't take people out, out, out that's protected, mm -hmm. but they took you off a deck because they wanted to use the cells for isolation. Mm -hmm. Okay, so. Do that mean to tell me that you're supposed to put me at risk? Mm -hmm. You know, put me at risk. I've got sick since I've been over here. My right. main thing, I, I figure I, I can heal myself. And I know my body. So as long as I can breathe, then I can deal with certain things. As long as my breathing is okay. So I was always checking. I'm always checking my breathing.
we could use uh, Mike. Mike. Okay, cool. I'm 36 years old. I just got here. I did a 19-year sentence. I'm back on appeal. I was under the juvenile act, so that's what I'm trying to do now. Most of my family are from here, Chicago. I'm definitely from Chicago. I'm actually, I was born in uh, Mexico, so I'm planning on uh, getting deported back, back to Mexico. That's, that's my goal right now. Homeland Security has sent me a letter saying uh, for me to give them half of the time and, and that they were going to deport me. At that time, I had 75 years at 100%, which the Illinois Supreme Court found it to be a de facto life sentence for juveniles. So they vacated that. So now that I'm here, I think I'm pressing the issue to get deported back. But if they keep me here, hey, then that'll be nice too. This is where I grew up. You know, I came as a child to the States. It's just, unfortunately, you know, I made a mistake and it's I'm paying for it. So they gave the guards masks and gloves. Did they give y'all yeah. anything? No, we don't have nothing. We don't have no cleaning supplies. Uh, we don't see the medical doctors. It's just uh, horrible. It's like we're not getting no treatment. The officer just comes in for like a few minutes and then he leaves the deck, the tier. So there's nobody around. The nurses just come and, and pass out meds and I've been trying to tell them that I got rheumatoid arthritis and, and that I'm not trying to take my meds because it lowers my immune system and I'm I'm a high risk in, in catching the virus. I mean, it's it's hard to stay away from each other because we're in a dorm and it's 39 people. And, you know, there's a lot of guys coughing and got a fever and it's like you got to be damn near dying for them to, to get medical attention. It mm-hmm. seems like it to me anyway. Uh, we could use um, Marcus Anderson. Marcus? Okay, yeah. Marcus. Cool. All right, Marcus. I've turned 33 and I've been fighting my case for the last seven and a half years. I got a bond. If I get the money, if I get 200000 you're going to let me out. Obviously, I can't afford $200,000 because you can't take care of me in here. I'm asking for a reasonable bond. I've been in here seven and a half years. I'm asked for a reasonable bond. I can't get it because I'm a valid offender and because you don't want to let me out. But mm-hmm. if that's the case, I have a no bond. But if I had 200000 it wouldn't matter how valid I am. You let me out. It won't say mm-hmm. nothing else to me. My jaws are locked shut because my jaw was broken. So, like, I got to drink liquid. So, basically, my liquids don't come on time and they don't give me the insurance. I'm supposed to be. It's like really like every, all, the, all your pre-existing medical things. It seems like it's getting pushed to the back right now. Wait, so you can't eat any solid food. You have to have all liquid or I gotta have all liquid. They give me like three they give me three you know, like the milks like you get from school. Okay, like half of that I get three of those three times oh. a day. Three little bitty uh milkshakes three times a day. So the insurance is is vital. But mm-hmm. the nurses gotta bring the insure. But I get that probably every couple of days because they don't bring it. But before this it was every day. It's like a lot of stuff is getting pushed to the side. Gotta really beg for it. I was just so sick like three days ago. It lasts for like three to four days. So I feel like I probably beat the virus. I feel like all of us got it. I was hoping that, like they said, you get immune to it, but they say that you now you get it back and forth. So it's really like four people would be sick, and then they'll get better, and then four more people would get sick, and then they'll get better, and the same four people would get sick again. That's really what it looks like to me. If we ask for you to get our temperature checked, they, are you, feel, you feel like you're going to pass out? Are you all right? Like mm. that, you know, you can't just get your temperature checked off GP when really they should come and check our temperature every day. My temperature has never been checked. I mean, I just 
basically fall through. I asked to get my temperature checked. She said, you feel like you're going to fall out? I said, no, nah, I just got a headache. I got a real bad headache because it was to a point in time where I thought, well, I was scared to go to sleep for a minute, you know, but I probably just paranoia, but my head hurt that bad. Mm-hmm. I felt that sick, but like I said, I didn't have a breathing problem, so I figured, like, maybe it's just a headache. It just lasted for three days. And the people they did take out of here is like, they was on their last leg, basically. <laughs> Mm-hmm. By the time they took them about it, so it's basically like if you ain't finna pass it like you finna die, you really, you just stuck. They want these guys to clean up, but they're not getting these guys gloves. They're not giving these guys masks. The people that have masks, is they got it from people that was that was sick. You know what I'm saying? Right. They're wearing them. To, right. I guess it's a mind thing, but that's not really safe. It's not an officer on the deck. Officers mm-hmm. don't come on the deck no more. Like, they come look over the deck for their count, and we they out in the hallway the rest of the day. And it's a big dorm with hidden spots. We really just send the center for ourselves if something happens, something happens. And, you know, this is a deck where people got crutches, people got canes, people got uh, wheelchairs they could break loose. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, at the end of the day, we still, like, detainees, tensions are high. So we really, like, send it for ourselves if something happened. It just happened at this point. Like, Has stuff happened where you've had to fend for yourself? I'm going to say this. I'm going to say it's always been a little aura where you have to fend for yourself anyway. Nothing's happened because we really like trying to band together and, you know, everybody got the same concern. Everybody wants to try to at least get an opportunity to be with their family because of whatever happened. If you can't take care of us in here, then, you know, it's, it's, it's one trash can. It's one trash can. I mean, we made a big fuss about the trash yesterday, so they got it yesterday because we made a big fuss about it. And, like, they wasn't doing sheet exchange, but we made a big fuss about that, so we got sheet exchange this morning. But that was mm-hmm. the first time we got it since this thing has been going on. Mm-hmm. So it's basically like they just reactive. They're not, they not proactive. I can just uh, call me up. Uh, well, you know what? Let's go with Earl. 51 and um, back on a new trial. So I've been back here since February. Oh, it's it's terrible. It's uh, we on a dorm and um, oh boy, we just pretty much piled on top of each other. It's uh, hot in here right now. A lot of guys are sick. You're not receiving any uh, medical care there. Not unless you get like a hundred plus temperature, then they uh, move you and sometimes bring you right on back. Look, this is a medical unit that we're in and getting treated like this. I have uh, several um, underland, you know, health issues, and this is definitely not helping me any. I got asthmatic, uh, heart condition, plus diabetes. I got uh, an inhaler there, but um, I haven't been seen. When I did see the um, doctor, he told me that he just frankly didn't have time to address um, all my issues. He said I had a lot going on, but he said, unfortunately, they only have so much time with each patient. And I was like, well, we didn't even get to a lot of the main things that you know, we need to address. He's like, oh, we're going to have to try to reschedule. But, of course, that never happened. It was over three weeks ago. Oh, yeah, about three and a half weeks ago. Very before um, all of this here started kicking up. So, you know, the corona thing wasn't even being in effect. That's when everything was under normal operations. And, um, you know, that's, those was the results that I was getting. Like the last week, I've been experiencing a lot of fatigue, lightheaded, you know, and dizziness, and, um, you know, I, I report to the nurses, and they just say, well, you know, there's nothing they can do right now, but if it gets worse, I'm like, well, you want me to fall out, you know, and mm-hmm. so forth, but they're like, well, we can give you Tylenol, and that's far as it goes. You know, I'd be hot for a while, then I'd be cold for a while with the shivers and so forth, and, um, uh, same thing, though, you know, nothing happened. Matter of fact, my vitals wasn't even taken. If they check it, and that's a big if, 
if you're not 100 plus on temperature, nothing's going to happen. You know, now if you're 100 plus, then they might, like I say, they might uh, take you off and take you down to the uh, dispensary for a minute, but then they might, most of the times they bring you back or they might send you to Cermak, and then Cermak will send you just off to isolation, which is a room uh, all by yourself. You know, mm-hmm. the officers don't even come on his desk. Uh, where we at, where we supposed to be pretty much monitoring watching ourselves. They go around, you know, with gloves and masks and stuff. We have nothing. They're not giving no sanitizer, uh, you know, clean supply, all that stuff that they claim when they're doing it. That's not, that is not happening. Social distance is impossible. You get literally like two feet on top of each other. You know, you're mm-hmm. sleeping two feet from the you know, next person. They've been sick. Matter of fact, two people that I, I sleep next to me now, they just moved in, but where their temperature was like above 101. And uh, I haven't seen them yet, but they was real sick. So, of course, you know, you can't help but think, well, I'm exposed too by only being a couple of feet from them all the time. On April 7th, a car caravan protest surrounded Cook County Jail, demanding the mass release of detainees. There were over a dozen organizations involved in the car caravan. We've listed them in the show notes. If you're interested in learning more about efforts to free people from detention in prison, you can find more information on their websites. We got an SSW People's Radio submission from someone who attended the caravan. Matthew Nicholas left us this voicemail describing his experience. Hi, my name is Matthew Nicholas. Um, I'm just calling to share some thoughts about um, my experience at the um, mass release caravan uh, that was at Cook County last Tuesday. Um, Yeah, I thought it was amidst all of this oddness, weirdness, sadness that's going on during these times, like I thought it was kind of an amazing way to get people together. So big shout out to all the organizers and activists that made that all happen. It was just nice to be with folks in that weird kind of way. And, you know, I never thought that I could imagine the, um, how beautiful the cacophony of horn honking could be, but it was kind of an amazing sonic shift in like this public space and um it was just you know and the hope and just kind of visual support that you know incarcerated folks could see or hear um and feel that so um i'm grateful to have been uh, a part of that so thanks uh, take care if you want to share how you're experiencing life during this pandemic give us a call at 331-308-0773 we want to hear from you. If you want to know more about the Southside Weekly People's Media Initiative, visit southsideweekly.com slash peoples media. There you'll find more info on how to submit and other ways to contribute, like writing or visual art. Until next week, please take care. My goodness. Oh my goodness. Look who's here in the studio. It's me. How's it feel to be in here? Well, I was a little nervous uh-huh. earlier, but mm-hmm. now I'm a little more calm. Wonderful. And I'm staring directly <laughs> into your eyes.
<laughs> but we do that all the time anyway. Yeah, but there's not always all this equipment in between us. Well, maybe this will help. Let's play a game. Okay. So I'm thinking maybe like a taboo. Taboo. Like I'll give you some clues and then you'll have to guess what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Does that know, make sense? I know how to play taboo, Daniel. Oh, you'd prefer if I did not taboo explain? Yes, please. All right, let's get started. Timer on the clock. Ooh. All right, first up. Okay. It's an independent podcast app. Got it. It embraces the open world of podcasting instead of locking it down. Mm-hmm. It has no exclusives. Mm-hmm. No premium content. All right. No paywalls. Great. And it's a great podcast app for everyone. Mm-hmm. Do you think you know it? I think I do. Huh. What do you think it is? Sounds like the Overcast app. Beep, 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 beep. Toots got it. Yay. Look at that. I win. Nicely done. How does one get the app? Well, if one were to want to get the app, one could get it for free in the app store. Fantastic. Cool. You going to check it out? I might. Very wonderfully noncommittal. Excellent. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. All right. Let's get out of here. Bye.